This is Jalen, and you're listening to the Firm Foundation Church Podcast, where you'll get weekly episodes featuring your favorite sermons straight from our in-person Sunday morning services. Check it out. So today we are going to be beginning a brand new series. Um, awesome. I'm glad somebody's excited. Let's try that again. We're going to begin a brand new series. Yeah, man, it's something to get excited about because it's a fresh word that the Lord has for us as a church. Uh, my hope is that I'm never just up here preaching for the sake of preaching, filling 30, 40 minutes of time in the pulpit. But my hope is that every time that we come and bring a word that it is something that will speak exactly to where you're at, it'll be exactly where we're at as a church and individually and corporately and And so I do believe that there's an incredible word for us through this series. And so we're going to begin a series that is entitled Empowered. That's going to be the title of the series that we're in is Empowered. And so I want to ask you a question this morning. What if there was something that could empower you and give you an advantage over the challenges of your everyday running around lives. Would you want that? Yes, Yes, of course. I hope so, right? Uh, And there is something that is accessible to us. You know, I grew up playing video games as a kid. Um, For those of you that are my generation, we had the Atari. Was there any Atari players in the room? Yeah. Grew up playing some Atari. And uh, there was this game that I enjoyed playing that it was Contra. I don't know if anybody else has played that game. I loved it. It was like probably one of my favorite on Atari. Uh, So me and my brother would play it, and it's a difficult game. There's lots of levels, and it's hard to make it all the way to the ends. However, the game makers put something in it that would give you an advantage over your opponents. It was something called a cheat code. Anybody familiar with cheat codes? Let's see if you know the cheat code for Contra Steel. Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B, A, start. I looked it up just to make sure I I was remembering it correctly, and I was. Like, that was the cheat code, and whenever you put that into Contra, oh my goodness, you were all of a sudden Rambo. I mean, nobody could stop you. Like, you got to advance further on than you got to originally begin at. You had these souped-up guns and missiles, and it gave you an advantage over your opponent. And so, is there something that you and I can access that's kind of like that? You know, it helps us to level it up. It helps us to have stronger weapons and to to go further that we could go on our own. You know, maybe a cheat code is something that would drastically change the life that you're living today. You know, what if I told you that you could have Chuck Chuck Norris-like abilities, MacGyver-like maneuvers and be crafty? What if you could be Jack Bauer and rescue everyone from the most awful situation that could come your way? What if you could be Rambo in life? I'm here to tell you this morning that you can. You can have power from on high. I just want to submit to you that we can access something that will empower us to live the life that we've been called to live. And maybe you're thinking, what is it? You know, how can I access it and what does this look like? And I just want you to know today that you can live an empowered life when you learn how to access and when you learn how to live in relationship 
with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit empowers the believer to live the life that God has called us to live. So if you have your Bibles open to Acts 1, we're going to kind of read the verse that the Lord put on my heart for this series that we're going to keep coming back to. But it's Acts 1, verse 8, and it says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, into the ends of the earth. You see, when the early church was empowered by the Holy Spirit, so much changed in their lives. So much changed. They were now living a Spirit-empowered life. And so over the next few weeks, my hope is that we can unpack what this looks like. What does it look like to be empowered by the Holy Spirit and led by him and and guided by him and to see him as our helper? And that's something I'm hoping that we can work through because I want to equip you to live a life that's full of power so that you can be an overcomer in the life that is around you. I want you to learn how to live in relationship with the Holy Spirit, to stay in step with him. And so I know automatically, as soon as I say Holy Spirit, your minds go in probably different places this morning. Because this can be kind of unfortunately a a controversial topic, right? When we bring up the Holy Spirit. Uh, You know, I was raised in, in a church where the Holy Spirit was almost a bad word. Like it doesn't really get talked about very much. We just try to keep that over here and hope nobody brings it up in small groups. Hey, what's this Holy Spirit thing that I keep reading about? They just try to stay away from it. But then you also have this other extreme side where they make everything about the Holy Spirit. Like very little biblical truth, and uh, but they just want Holy Spirit to be everything uh, in their life. And um, I think there's something that we can learn as we look at the Holy Spirit, because I know this can be an intimidating topic, but I want you to know that I believe it's an intimidating topic because it's the strategy of our enemy to make us worried about, oh no, what's about to happen. Uh, The enemy wants to confuse the topic of Holy Spirit, of this gift that has been given to his church and to believers. And so my hope throughout this series is to bring more clarity as to who the Holy Spirit is and how you and I can live a Spirit-empowered life. And so I'm going to be super transparent with you right now. The very beginning of the series, here is my whole goal in preaching three weeks on Holy Spirit and on this empowered series. It is to entice you to want more of the Holy Spirit. If you want to know what my goal is for the next three weeks, it's this. To get you to this place of like, huh, I want to know more. I want you to desire to more, have more knowledge of who he is. I want you to desire to go after him. I want you uh, to get to this place where uh, you want to strive for the fullness that you can walk in as you live in relationship with Holy Spirit. And I want you to get to this place of saying, you know what? I haven't figured it all out yet, but Holy Spirit, I'm surrendering my life to you. That's my goal throughout this entire series is to get you to this place to entice you to like want more because I want you to live an empowered life. 
So now turn with me over to John chapter 16. We're going to read verses 5 and 9 together. That's going to kind of frame the direction of where we're going today as we begin just kind of this idea of who is the Holy Spirit, uh, what does he do, what is his work in my life. This is kind of what we're going to establish as we're beginning the series, and then each week will build on itself. And so John 16, verses 5 through 9. But now I am going away, this is Jesus speaking, to the one who sent me. And not one of you is asking where I am going. Instead, you grieve because of what I've told you. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away. Underline that Bible. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. It is best for you that I go away. Because if I don't, the advocate, that is the Holy Spirit, won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. I want to point this verse out because I think this is so key. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. It is better for you that I leave and go away. I know the disciples right here at this moment are like, no, Lord, that can't be possible. This is the best few years that I've had as I've been had you near and close and leading me and guiding me and, and helping us. And so you're saying you're going to go away, but you're going to send something that's better than what we're experiencing right now. Jesus knew that if he would go away or that if he stayed, that they would be missing out on an incredible gift that the Father wanted to send to us. And so I want you to think about this for just a moment. Jesus was God in the flesh while he was here. I know that's a hard concept to understand. Somehow he was human, but somehow at the same time, he was God. And so he was limited in his capabilities when he became flesh. Does that make sense? And so think about this. Jesus was limited in the proximity of where he was and who he could minister to and who he could touch and heal and who he could uh, uh, pray for and, and work alongside of. Like he was proximately challenged while he was here on this earth. And so Jesus knew that me being in the flesh right now, this is a limiting factor, but if I go away, then the Holy Spirit can come and not just be in me, but he could be in my people and in my church, and it doesn't have to be proximately challenged, but it can spread across the world. And all at the same time, everyone can have access to the Father if I'll just go back to heaven. And so Jesus knew that. And so here's the title of today's message and what we're going to focus in on. I want you to see the Holy Spirit as a gift. The Holy Spirit is a gift. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you so much for your word. Father, I pray that all anxiety around this topic right now would just wash away in Jesus' name. And Lord, we pray that your word would reveal itself to us, that you would show us who you are, that you would reveal Holy Spirit to us, and Lord, that we'd be able to see Holy Spirit as a gift that's been given to each and every one of us that call on your name. 
And so, Father, we take time to hear from you. Speak to us this morning in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. All right, so I got three points for us this morning as we are unwrapping this idea of who is the Holy Spirit and and seeing him as a gift to us. And so here's where we need to begin. We need to begin at this very um, introductory level of Holy Spirit. Who is he? And so here's point number one this morning. The Holy Spirit, he is God. Uh, This part can be missed sometimes, but I think it's important for you to understand that the Holy Spirit, he is God. In our statement of faith as a church, we say that we believe in the Holy Trinity. Uh, We believe in the Godhead. We believe in God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And three persons are made up of the Godhead, the, the Holy Trinity. And again, this is another concept that's hard for our human brains to understand because one plus one plus one doesn't equal one, it equals three. <laughs> but somehow in God's kingdom and in, in how he operates, three of them are one. They are God. Let me give you some scripture to help back this up. I'm going to go through this quickly, so you're going to have to follow along. Second Corinthians 13, 14. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, there's Jesus, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. This is Paul addressing the Corinthian churches. He's closing out his letter to them. He's addressing Jesus, God, and the Holy Spirit. Uh, Jesus, in Matthew 28, 19, in this great commission that we've read the last couple of weeks, it says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. First Peter 1, 2, God the Father knew you and chose you long ago, and his spirit has made you holy. As a result, you have obeyed him and have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. May God give you more and more grace and peace. Three persons, one God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God. And because the Holy Spirit is God, that means that he too existed at the very beginning. He existed at the same time. If he's God, that he's been here since before time began. Go to Genesis 1, 2. If you have time, I'm going to go quickly. I'm going to got two passages of the Old Testament. I want you to see the Holy Spirit is there. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the depths of the water, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. You see, the Holy Spirit was there in the beginning, and he was hovering. In Exodus 31, 1 through 3, we see another reference to the Holy Spirit. Then the Lord said to Moses, Look, I have specifically chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, grandson of Ur, of the tribe of Judah. I have filled him. With the Spirit of God. That's the Holy Spirit giving him great wisdom, abilities, and expertise in all kinds of crafts. 
You see, we see the Holy Spirit present in the very beginning, and we see him present all the way through the end of the New Testament. In fact, the Holy Spirit is referenced roughly 800 times throughout the entire Bible. And something that I find super interesting is some people want to say that the Holy Spirit was only given to us for a short time. And then as the New Testament went away, so did the Holy Spirit and the gifts that he was bringing to the church. But that just makes no sense to me. Because if the Holy Spirit went away, that means that God has left us. Right? Does that also mean that Jesus has gone away and God has gone away? If he was there in the beginning, I believe he's going to be here until the very end. He's God. He's given to us as a gift. And I want us to be able to experience it just as that, as a gift that's been given to us. And so there's two main words that I want to bring to your attention for just a moment that's used um, in the Greek and Hebrew uh, whenever it's referencing the Holy Spirit. These are the two words that you see most often uh, in the Old Testament and then in the New Testament. The Old Testament word that we see the most whenever it's referencing the Holy Spirit is the word ruach, which means wind, breath, in a blast of breath. And then over in the New Testament, the, the main word that you're going to see used for the Holy Spirit is this word, pneuma. And it's going to be defined pretty similarly. Uh, it's a current of air, a blast of breath, and a strong breeze. And so the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, is referenced to, referenced to us as the wind. Now, let's think about the wind for just a moment. You can't see it, right? You can't actually physically see the wind whenever it's blowing outside. But here's what we can see. We can see everything that it touches and begins to impact. You can't see the wind moving and at work, but when you look at the trees, you see them swaying. We can't see the wind, but we can see the impact that it has when it comes in contact with something. Uh, a few years ago, we were sitting down as a family in our, uh, in our kitchen, and we had no idea that the wind was beginning to gust outside and getting a little bit crazy as the storm was rolling through. But as we were sitting down at the kitchen table, all of a sudden we looked out and we saw the effects of the wind because our trampoline started to slide across the backyard. Does that ever happen to anybody? But the trampoline started to slide, and so we stopped eating. We ran outside, and we're all like standing and trying to hold this thing down because the wind was blowing through, and we couldn't see it before. But once we went outside, we could feel it. Uh, we could see the effects of it. Um, and just a few months later, we didn't learn our lesson from the first time whenever the wind started blowing the trampoline. But a few months later, a bigger storm came through, and it took our trampoline, picked it up in the air, air threw it up against the side of our neighbor's house, and it landed upside down in the street out in front of our home. And this was on a Sunday morning while I was preaching. <laughs> well, this is insane. How does wind that powerful pick up a trampoline and carry it hundreds of feet and throw it upside down in the street? Like that doesn't make sense. Like, but wind can be powerful. Even though you can't see it, you can see the effects of it. And so I think the exact same thing is relatable to us when we're talking about the Holy Spirit. He's unseen, but he can have a great impact on everyone that he comes into contact with. But here's the, the challenging thing for many of us, right? Um, 
Because we live in the natural state of things, you know, we prefer to focus on things that we can see with our own natural eyes and, and things that we could define by some kind of equation. Something that makes sense is so much easier for us to grasp because we live in this natural world, right? Um, and that's because we operate in the natural, but there is a supernatural realm that exists, I don't know if you're aware of it, but the Bible reminds us time and time again, you're in a spiritual battle, church. And it's not a battle against flesh and blood, but it's against powers and principalities of darkness. We're in a battle and we're in a war. And so the Holy Spirit operates in the supernatural, but we can see his effects in the natural. The Holy Spirit can empower us for the lives that we are living But oftentimes, here's what it's going to require for you and me, faith. Because when you can't see something, it requires faith. For those of you that made a decision to trust Jesus with your life, it took you faith to make that decision. Can I just submit to you, it also requires faith in surrendering your life to Holy Spirit. But we need to understand that the Holy Spirit is God, that's where it begins, all right? Here's the second thing that we're talking about today. The the title of the message is The Gift, but I also want you to understand that the Holy Spirit is a free gift. The Holy Spirit is a free gift. Luke 11, 13, and Acts 2 says this, So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father Give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. I'm a dad of five kids. I've got two girls. You guys know little Nora in our church. She was the the baby in the church, but uh, Amelia kind of took that uh, title away from her. (laughs) But she's precious. Man, like Amelia, she'll come up to you with those eyes, and Nora can come up to me with those eyes. And as a father, I'm like, Baby, you can have the world. You can have anything that you want to have because I I love you. And so scripture teaches us here, how much more does God love you? He doesn't just want to give you a stuffed animal. Like, what is that really going to (laughs) do? But he wants to give you a better gift. And he says the Holy Spirit is available to all who ask him. Acts 2, 38 and 39, Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins. This is how we receive Holy Spirit. Repent of your sins, turn to God, and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise, you need to underline this verse right here again. This is an important one. This promise is to you, to your children, and to those far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. The Holy Spirit is a free gift that is given to all that will confess that Jesus is Lord. To all that will confess that we are sinners in need of a Savior that will believe in Jesus Christ. To those who believe that God raised Jesus from the grave and to those that make Jesus the Lord of their life, the promise that is spoken to us is that when you do that, you will be given the free gift of the Holy Spirit. 
And I want you to take note of this, that this free gift is the indwelling of the Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of us. I want you to write this word down, indwelling, because we're going to come back to this in a couple of weeks as we continue this series. But I think it's important for you to understand that when you surrender your life to Jesus, God's word promises us that we are given the gift of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And I want you to notice what it said at the very end of that passage of Scripture. It says that this is a promise gift for you. He was speaking to the disciples and his followers that were right there with him. And then he goes on to say, it will also be for your children. So for the next generation, and he goes on to say, it will also be available to those that are far away, which theologians believe that that means to all of the Gentiles that were not Jewish, that it was going to be extended to us as, as Gentiles. But then he goes on to say uh, there at the very end of that passage of scripture, and it will be for all who have called, been called by the Lord our God. This was a gift for everyone and not just for the early church. But this was a generational gift that would continue to be passed down from generation to generation. And so I need you to understand the Holy Spirit is a gift for us today. Romans 8, 9. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature, but you are controlled by the Spirit. If you have the Spirit of God living in you, Holy Spirit is a free gift to each and every one of us. And he indwells those that place their faith in Jesus Christ and receive salvation. Here's point number three. There's a lot of different attributes that we could look at regarding the Holy Spirit, but this is probably one of my favorite. And so I'm making this part of point three as we're getting to know who Holy Spirit is in our life. And so I want you to know that the Holy Spirit is my helper. The Holy Spirit is your helper. John 14, 15 through 17. Jesus is speaking here and he's sharing about the promise of another helper that will come. Verse 15, if you love me, keep my commands. And I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. For he dwells with you and will be in you. Later on in verse 26, it says this, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I've said to you. I want you to understand that the Holy Spirit is your helper. He helps us. He teaches us and he shows us how to live. But, but a big question that we have to ask ourselves is, are we fully surrendered to Holy Spirit? Or is he restricted in our life? Are you fully surrendered to Holy Spirit? 
Acts 2, 16 through 18. I know I'm giving you a lot of scripture, but I want you to see what I'm, what I'm preaching. Is it just for me? <laughs> this is supported by scripture, amen? So verses 16 and 18 of Acts 2. Know what, uh, no, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. And I love this. God wants to pour out his spirit on us. But we have to be open to receiving it. One of our foundations that we have as a church, if you don't know what our foundations are, they're right there on the back wall. There's nine different things that uh, we, we believe support how we should be living daily as believers in Jesus Christ. Um, we'll continue to break these down in the coming uh, weeks for you. Uh, but one of, the, one of our foundations that we have as a church is that we will walk in surrender. And so here's what I believe about that phrase, always. <laughs> we are always to walk in surrender. And so you're going to hear myself and Christina, whenever we're up here uh, preaching, we're going to use this analogy a whole lot because this is something that we want to live out as a church. But we want to walk in surrender. And so we're going to live with this hands open approach. A lot of times, Christians, believers live this way. Like, okay, God, you get my Sunday, but my Monday is mine. How I'm managing my time, my finances, how I treat my kids, my spouse, what I choose to do in my free time, that's mine. I'm closed-fisted. But I believe that we are called to always live life like this. Because here's what I believe. The Holy Spirit is pouring out wanting to pour out on us. And so we need to be in this posture of saying, okay, Lord, I am ready to receive from you today. Every day, in every conversation, everywhere you walk, always have this hands open approach. I know we can get busy. We can get in a hurry and we're trying to get from one place to the next, but make sure you're leaving time for Holy Spirit to be poured out in your life so that he can guide you and lead you. You know, it's so easy for us to say that we do want to be surrendered fully to Holy Spirit, but it's a completely different thing to live it. See, what happens is that we get distracted. Marissa talked about that this morning in our huddle message before the service. We're so easily distracted by all the stuff that's going on around us. The bills have to get paid somehow. The AC just went out again, and so we got to figure out how to get it back up and going. We experience difficulty in raising our kids. If this kid would just listen and obey, but he won't, what am I going to do with him, right? It's just me that has those kind of kids? All right, I guess it's just me, not you. Or maybe that's my ears because I can't hear you. <laughs> uh, we get into these uh, heated discussions in our marriage and then we struggle with being led by Holy Spirit. And, and here's the truth, is that in general, we are a distracted culture and generation. 
We are so distracted pursuing and investing our time into things that God never intended us to be putting our time and attention towards. And so we're distracted because we're pursuing and investing in things that that God doesn't intend for us to carry. And so we're distracted by everything that's going on. And we picked up things that we're not supposed to be carrying and life's happening. And so we're just making decisions on our own and trying to figure it out and bulldozing our way through the situations. And what ends up happening is that we live life distracted instead of living an empowered, spirit-filled and spirit-led life. Personally, I've had a lot of distractions that have been coming my way over the past month or so. There's been so many distractions. Uh, it, it began with the ER visit with Nora that just kind of got us distracted. And then it kind of went to Christine and I getting really sick uh, with the virus and just being out for a couple of weeks. And then it kind of ran its way into the school and some drama and some things that were happening on there with the kids. And, and then this past week, Immediately after church is over, I get this ear infection that starts in my right ear. And I was in awful pain Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. I go to the doctor, they give me antibiotics, they give me the treatment that I need, and I'm taking it. But I sound like if you hold your ear shut as far as you can, that's what it feels like me talking right now. It's so weird me preaching right now because I have this annoying buzzing that just keeps happening right here in this ear. But this has been going on all week long and it's been a a constant distraction that's been thrown our way for the past month. And you know, when we get distracted, our, our natural coping mechanism is let's just coast and get through this thing. Let's just do everything that we can do just to get by That's just our hope is just just do whatever the minimum is that we can do just so that we can get through this thing and hopefully to the other side. But I want you to know that when you tap into the power of the Holy Spirit, that whenever we activate Holy Spirit in our lives, we can work, he can work in us and he can work through us in the midst of these distractions. He can show us a better way to live when we allow him to become and be our helper. You know, we live our life with meaning and purpose as the Holy Spirit guides us to this place of not being me-centered, but God-centered and others-focused. That's where he wants us to live. But so many of us are camped over here. It's all about me. It's all about me and us three, right? It's just all about what we're doing and we aren't really focused on what God wants for us. We're not really focused on what others around us needs because we're just focused on ourselves. We're me-centered. And so here's my outlook today because it's been a distracting several weeks and couple of months. Um, uh, This past uh, month has been rough and I'm physically at this place where it's like, okay, Lord, how much of this can I keep carrying? (laughs) Has anybody else felt that way recently? And so I'm just kind of at this place, okay, Lord, so now what? But here's the encouraging thing that the Holy Spirit keeps, keeps refer- reminding me of, is that this means that I'm doing something right. Because there's opposition, because there's distractions coming my way, that means we're positioned for exactly where we need to be. 
We're headed in the right direction. We're doing the right things. But what the enemy wants to say is, oh no, they're going away and this is going to impact a community that we can't allow this to happen. So let's try to get them distracted and get them focused on themselves again. And so that's what he's been trying to do. And so the Lord has just been reminding me and whispering into my spirit, you're exactly where you need to be. You're headed in the right direction. Keep your eyes on me. Keep following me because here's what I believe, church. We are on the brink of breakthrough. We're at the doorstep of breakthrough. Some of you have been praying and believing for things for a really long time, and you've been in this long season of waiting, and that I believe the Lord is saying that we're on the brink of answered prayers. They're at the doorstep. And the only way that I can continue to maintain this kind of focus is because the helper is guiding me. I'm doing my best in the midst of all these distractions to stay God-centered, to stay others-focused, so I don't miss out on what he's trying to do over here. He is your helper. Man, there's so many different stories that I could share with you and how Holy Spirit has been my helper I'm so thankful for his leading and guiding. And um, I, I've never audibly heard the voice of the Lord. So we say we hear the Lord speak to us. I need you to understand that that's really just kind of more of an impression. That's more of a thought. That's more of something that you hear and you say, okay, God, I believe that to be true because I see that in your word. Uh, I see that as, as truth because it's something you've continued to speak to me. And so he quickens me and I'm so thankful for it because he's helped me in different seasons of life where I didn't have the right answer. I was going one way and making a decision on my own, but I really needed to be pressing into Holy Spirit, allowing him to guide me. Uh, and so a few years ago, um, the Lord shifted something in my parenting and I was so grateful for it. Um, every time that I would get ready to leave to go to work or wherever I was going, you know, I would say, hey, kids, be good and listen to your mom. If you say that, I'm not bringing condemnation on you. There's nothing wrong with that phrase. But here's what Holy Spirit whispered to me one day after I left the house. He said, Blake, I said, yes, Lord. I said, is that really the most important thing that you could leave with your kids as you go, that they just need to be good behaviorally? and they just need to listen to mom. I was like, no, Lord, that's probably maybe not the best thing to, to say to them every time I leave. And, and so one of the things that the Lord has spoken to me, and there's several different things that he's given to me ever since, but one of the things that he really put in my heart is that you were to call your kids to be men and women of honor. And so every time dad leaves the house, I'll use this phrase or some of the other ones that I feel like the Lord has given to me. I'll remind them as I'm dropping kids off at school, hey boys, don't forget to be men of honor today. First and foremost, it gives me the opportunity to now call them to something that's bigger than they are because they're boys. They're immature. They're kind of dumb sometimes. <laughs> But I am calling something out in them that I want to see them fulfill. I want them to be men of God, men of honor. And so I'm calling them up to a higher standard. And I, it gives me the opportunity to speak to them and share with them and teach them, what does it look like to be a man of honor? What does it look like to be a woman of honor? First and foremost, we want to honor God with every part of our lives. We want to honor our family. Uh, we want to honor our friends and those that are around us because it's not all about me. 
And so I am so thankful that that's something that the Lord spoke to me in my parenting because it's given me this platform to start teaching my kids in a different way. And that's what Holy Spirit will do as your helper. He will guide you. He'll instruct you. He'll equip you to live an empowered life. I don't know where I'd be without him. And so here's what I do the best that I possibly can do. And I'm not at all going to admit that I'm perfect at this as your pastor, but I do my best to make Holy Spirit a priority in my life. Daily. Daily. Leaning into him. Every day it doesn't happen. I'm going to be honest with you. (laughs) But I do my best to make this a daily pursuit of saying, you are welcome in my life, Holy Spirit, to lead me and guide me. I take time and I speak to him. I listen for him. I listen to those leadings and guidings and those impressions. And I do my best. This one's important too, to create an atmosphere where the Holy Spirit's welcome. I think that atmosphere part is really key because he's holy. And so it's difficult for a holy God to be in a place that's not holy. And so it's important what we are doing and what we're inviting into the atmosphere that you and I live in. I want to create a place where he's welcome, where he can speak to me, where he's always, where I'm always at this place where I can access him. And so I want to challenge us today, are we living a Holy Spirit empowered life? Are we, or are we at this place where we're just running around and distracted? I want, I want to close out with an illustration. Now, we've already talked about how the Holy Spirit is kind of this example of wind. But for a moment, I want us to look at this picture and just imagine that this is kind of the example of the Holy Spirit for just a moment. You can't see wind, but you can see water, right? And so I want to use this analogy for just a moment. I shared this with the church several years ago, but as we was going through this series and preparing this message, the Lord brought it back to me. And so I thought there's another great opportunity to share this because I think this is a, an awesome illustration that I want you to catch. Well, so we can see water. So we're going to pretend that for a moment, this is the representation of the Holy Spirit. And then we're going to pretend just for a moment that we're a sponge. Not flashy, not super impressive, but well, this is us for just a moment. And based on the passage of scripture that we read just a moment ago, it says that God is pouring out his Holy Spirit to all that will receive him. But what happens if we're not ready to receive? He's pouring out his spirit, but we're not positioned correctly. But what happens for a lot of us is we come in here on Sunday morning and we say, you're Lord. He pours out his spirit on us and then we go home. And then we get dry. We don't really have much to offer to others because we don't continually create this atmosphere where he's welcome. But if we will daily say, Lord, I am positioning myself to be led and filled and empowered by your spirit, then not only will he pour himself out in us, but look what begins to happen. We become so saturated and filled by his Holy Spirit, that when other people come along, we can just kind of ooze out into them. As the Holy Spirit not only is guiding and leading us, he gives us more so that we can pour into others. But we can't do that if we're distracted. And so I want to ask you today, will you be a sponge? 
Will you receive what the Lord wants to pour out into you? Will you allow Holy Spirit to radically change your life and not only flow in you, but flow through you to others? The Holy Spirit is God. He's a gift and he's my helper. And lastly, I want to ask you this question today. Have you accepted the gift of the Holy Spirit? Are you living a Spirit-empowered life by allowing Him to be your helper? Are you a sponge that is soaking up all it is that He wants to pour out into you? And as He's pouring out into you, are you just selfishly going to keep that for yourself? Or are you open and willing to let it pour out of you into someone else? As a financial need comes up, you're willing to give. As a a, a sickness comes up around you, you're willing to pray and stand with them and bring them meals and care for them and support them. You know, as you see those needs, are you willing to say, yes, I will help. I will uh, will represent Jesus to this person. You know, we need to have this posture of receiving all it is that he's wanting to pour out, but we don't need to stop there. We need to receive and then give it away to others. And so I want you to stand to your feet with me this morning. And as you're standing to your feet, I want you to understand that there's three main words that we kind of focus on as a church and how we um, fulfill the vision that God has called us to as a church. We are the people of God in the community to impact the community. That's our vision as a church. And so the three ways that we do that is by winning the lost, discipling the saved, and helping them to advance in their giftings and their callings. And so underneath those three areas is where we have our foundations that I just spoke about a moment ago. And and so it's through this discipleship process where we receive the good gifts that God wants to offer to us, but it's through the winning souls and the advancing of others in God's kingdom where where we have the opportunity to pour ourselves out into others by going after the one, by making room at the table, by sharing the good news of Jesus Christ, by fighting for unity, by helping others to advance and move forward in their giftings and their callings and by being a carrier of the vision. This is how we pour out ourselves into others. And so I wanna ask you this morning, are you open to the Holy Spirit filling you today? Or... Are you distracted at this place where you need to surrender your life to Jesus? And so I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. With every head bowed, with every eyes closed, I want you to take just a moment just between you and the Lord. And I want you to ask this question that we ask at the end of every single service. And now you're going to understand why we use this kind of phrasing. But we say, Holy Spirit, what is it that you're saying to me? And so why we address Holy Spirit is because he's the one that lives on the inside of us. He's the one that's helping us and and guiding us in this beautiful gift that's been given to us from God the Father and Jesus the Son. And he's operating in us and through us. And so right there where you're at, say, Holy Spirit, what is it that you're saying to me? Allow him to speak to you. Thanks for tuning in. 
If what you heard today was inspirational or transformative, tell us about it. We love your feedback. For more information on how you can get connected, check us out at firmfoundation.church.